Hello, people. We're back. Another episode of the Soccer Dad Pod. Not to be confused with the Soccer Dad Bod. Mm, have you is, seen us? Um, well, I think we got both of those covered, actually. Oh yeah. Well, that's why we keep well, this you thing. You two do. It, it's why we keep this exclusively to audio. Um, the fringe benefit of video just doesn't exist. <laughs> so, um, as usual, though, if you've listened to the show, you know that we kind of roll in the tunes, and there's usually a theme. Um, and in the last few days, there's been a lot of lot of news um, about City SC in particular. Uh, the, the first game is this weekend, um, and what I why I'm playing this is Vegas is starting to really get involved with the new season, right? You've and you're all, you're already bouncing your head. You know where I'm going with this, um, Zach. Have you noticed what's uh, what's the odds-on favorite for us to uh, win it all? We're not even in. <laughs> the rankings to win it so right i don't even think you can put a bet on city at this stage right so the odds are go pound sand <laughs> i i think is what the official number was yeah um which i found hilarious so 29 teams 28 you can bet on one you can't that's, right that city right so hence little aerosmith right dream, dream on. on dream <laughs> on right can you bet on st louis fc though to win it I bet they probably have better odds right now based on maddening? how we're being disrespected. Ugh, I love it. Um, little known fact about Dream On. Do you know how old Steven Tyler was when he wrote that song? 16. 17. Ooh. Wow. Pretty- How'd you know that, Zach? I didn't. That was a complete guess. I- well, he guessed and was wrong, so therefore he didn't know it. Well, but, but here's the thing. I think that song is weird. He's more of a Billy Idol guy anyway, isn't he? Wow. Billy Idol. <laughs> Only on Broadway. <laughs> Billy Joel. Okay. okay. Not Billy Idol. Okay. Uh, but okay. I, that Acapella. song, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that song strikes me because if you listen to it without knowing anything about Aerosmith, you would never guess that Steven Tyler until the very last screaming. When he's hammering Dream On like yes. over and over and over. But and you're the like, initial my ears. Verses and chorus don't sound like what we think of as Steven Tyler. And I thought it was somebody else that recorded that until. The screaming part, but then I re- realized he wrote the song. Well, when I now I know how old he was, so maybe that's why, because he was only seventeen. Well, you know, think about that though. Like, I mean, all of us have done certain things in our lives that we we're fairly proud of at younger ages. Imagine being him, knowing that you did that at seventeen. Well, yeah, I mean, I think about a lot of people. Who well, let me ask you. You may know this, me, the music guy. It, like, where does that song, um, you know, on his catalog, where, like awards, uh, Billboard charts, where does that song rank as far as Aerosmith goes? Well, I, I mean, name a more popular song, Aerosmith song, than Dream On. Janie's got a gun. <clears throat> I mean, it's... What they, about the Alicia Silverstone tractor video? Crazy. I like that one. Here, I, I like this one, too. Let's see here. This is my wife and I. Oh no! Uh, one of them. Well, I can't play this then. You can. Oh, You're gonna start boy. crying. You don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> right. right, Armageddon. Right. I, I like the theme. I like the soundtrack songs. Yeah. This is when they had a lot of money too, because I mean they have a symphony. Oh yeah. And Bruce Willis. Yeah. Ben Affleck. Pretty dope. Anyway, ben yes. Ben Affleck. Who's the guy from Boardwalk Empire? Ben Affleck. Uh, yeah. B- Bushimi. I liked him in that. Steve movie. Steve Bushimi. Yeah. yeah. He's got the best line ever in that movie. Do you remember it? Oh, here we go. Oh, Jared. Oh, Kelly. <laughs> and and just so you know, people, our guest today is 
sitting here wondering what the fuck am I doing? Um, it's I. If we get to introduce uh, this individual today, we'll be lucky. But um, Steve Buscemi, his line in the movie. Do you, Do you guys recall the part? I, I is he like? Is he like about to like ride into the uh, asteroid? No, it's they're about to take off, and he's laying there, right? And he's looking at the other guys, and, and he goes. Yeah, imagine this. You know, here we are, strapped to two million pounds of jet fuel, all put together in a in a boat by the lowest bidder. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Not as good as Mr. Pink. Cool, but no, no, Shimmy's no. the man. Um, yeah. So anyway, full circle. You know, we went off the rails. Um, St. Louis City officially has no prospect whatsoever of winning the title. <laughs> According but, to Vegas. But they have a 50% chance of getting into the playoffs. Nine yeah. teams from each league are getting in the playoffs. So nine out of, of what, 16? Right. Each, or no, 15 in each? Well, and then did you see the new playoff? Yes, it's ridiculous. It's, Is it aggregate? No. It's best of. It's best, oh, best of three. Of. Okay. So it's not legs. It's not. Be- and and I believe, and I did, I read that and I quit reading. But I, uh, other Twitter posts were like uh, 90 minutes straight to PKs. Yeah, and they're doing a wild card playoff. The MLS one likes game. that. How many tournaments have we been in the youth MLS league that we just go straight to PKs? Yeah. There's been plenty. Time. I don't know. I, I, I got mixed feelings on it all. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you, it's all about you, you play the game. You play the game, and then yeah. you, you see how it goes. Um, so that's going down. Um a couple other things in the world of soccer. Uh, Champions League started up again last week. Um, we won't talk about my team, but... Uh, I wouldn't either. Did you see what Benzema did to Liverpool the other day, uh, though? Yeah. Yeah, that was... <laughs> oh, you see. I didn't. And based on body language, sports. we have a Liverpool fan at the table. Um, Some people so will walk alone, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all, <laughs> from, <laughs> from their home field, too. Yeah. And I, so I was up at Amsterdam meeting somebody while I caught a little bit of the second half, and that was the most sad, pathetic joint I've been around in a long time. I mean, yeah. every face was like... Nobody in there was happy, because there was no Real Madrid fans in there. No, there was like three, and <laughs> you know, and everybody's... I, 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 it was amazing. So Champions League's back. Uh, that's rolling. Uh, Premier League is... Clear. We're we're getting to the final third Big of weekend. the season. Re- realistically, uh, there's been separation. There's a ton of traffic jam in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, Chelsea, Liverpool, etc. They're all in in this <laughs> this this region. They should never be in. It's weird. Um, you know. It, it, but real quickly, at the bottom of the pile, Leeds. Leeds is down there sniffing relegation. Thoughts on that? Have they looked worse with Weston? <clears throat> I think so. I think they've looked worse with Weston. I think they were on a downward trajectory, and he was just added on the way down. There's, he couldn't grab onto anything to pull him back up. I mean, I don't think he's done anything to really help either, but I don't think that he has caused them to go. I mean, they fired Jesse Marsh after one match where Weston came in for 15 minutes. So I don't yeah. – I'm not trying to pin – any guilt not on Weston. I'm just saying I don't think that's <clears throat> I think he's a neutral. The mood. right well, the right back with the ponytail, um um uh, I, I, you or, You're not gonna get a name out of me. I, I don't know. I, he, it's he's, A-Y, 
Eiling or Ailing? I don't know. He's awful. He's terrible. He's terrible. And he's their <laughs> captain. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you'll get the call up. Don't worry about it. We'll I'm sure he's listening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they all are. I mean, you should yeah. see the heat map. We are huge. Heat map in, in Leeds. In Leeds. According to Spotify. <laughs> yeah. There and uh, someplace in Singapore on the outskirts. That makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I don't know. I think it's going to double, though, with our, with our guest. Yes. For Singapore. Global appeal. Yep. Um, our guest today has rode the roller coaster of soccer uh, in a extremely unique uh, front car seat. <laughs> um, y- you know, the show's been—it's kind of been a surprise for a lot of us, right? Um, we we did it for fun. We did it as a little bit of a joke, and it's taken off. The interest has been there, but there's been a specific lack of representation in our guests. Uh, and today, we're going to fill a huge gap. Um, with this guest, uh, has had a tremendous collegiate career, youth career, collegiate career, professional career, now into a coaching career, um, and she is lacking one of the chromosomes that we have. Um, so, really excited to introduce and uh, say hello to Miss Lindsay Eversmeyer. How are you? I'm good. How are you? So. We're, I'm good. Uh, are you ready to walk out yet? I mean, you, you sat here and listened to this first 15 minutes. And <laughs> Let's go. Let's do down. it. <laughs> so here, here's the thing. Um, we, we got a million different areas and, and angles to go, um, you know, in, in our discussion with you. Um, but at the, end, at the end of the day, what I'd like to do is just ask you, you know, how, how, how do you feel right now in the role you're in? After all these years, you know, where's, where's your head at uh, from an enthusiasm standpoint with the game, specifically with the accolade you're about to receive here in a couple of weeks with the Soccer Hall of Fame? I'm content. I'm happy where I'm at right now, to be honest with you. I mean, I didn't see, you know, when you're younger, you don't really see, know or, see or know where you're going to end up. And this was probably the opposite of where I thought I was going to end up, you know, so coaching a men's college team and... Yeah, but I, but I love it, to be honest with you. I'm such a tomboy. I feel like I just fit right in, and it just it just completely makes sense. And the people who have been around me my whole life, it was like, this doesn't surprise me. So, yeah, I, I'm really happy with where I'm at right now. So so you're a local. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, like myself, you're an Eastsider. Mm-hmm. Um, so g- give us a quick... How uh, many Illinois people have we had on this show? Not I mean, enough. Can you even... Not enough. Any. Hey, watch this. I mean, where Mute. Okay, where'd they go? <laughs> All right, so... Um, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. Just giving trouble. <laughs> give it. Give us. Give it. Give us the one on one. Give us a little qu- quick background. You know, I wanted. I wanted to just kind of get a feel for uh, where you were, like right now, with with the big award coming down the pipe, and we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Uh, give us a little one on one on, you know, the early days, your club, moving into your collegiate years, and we'll 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 pick it apart as you go. Okay. Um, so obviously I'm from Alton, Illinois, and that's where I played in high school. Um, and then I played for actually um, multiple clubs growing up. We were always, you know, kind of switching around. And I actually played two years up. So every time I would age out, you know, of my group, then I would have to like move. So I ended up, my final club was with JB Marine. Um, and then I went on to play at the University of Kansas. After that, I transferred home and actually played at Harrisville State University and played with a couple of my friends, had a really good time there, got my degree. And uh, once I was done with my degree, obviously the goal was to play professionally. And I actually got invited out to um, a tryout with the Washington Freedom. And as I was out there, they told me that the entire 
entire women's league was folding. So then there was going to be no option for a woman to play, which is kind of like what has projected the rest of my life, to be honest with you, because when I came home, I was like, I want to play. I'm super competitive. So I started playing in a women's league, just indoor for fun. And I was like, this ain't enough. Like it's not, you know, difficult enough. And so then I, I begged some of my guy friends to let me play on their indoor team. And they finally did. And then like one thing led to another. I started going out to, um, you know, the steamers games with some of my friends and went to the after party. And I met the the owner of the team. He's like, what do you think? And I'm like, I think you need to put a woman on your team to be successful. And so then this is kind of how it all started. They, yeah. they came out to my, my, um, my games with the men's team. They saw what they liked. They let me come out for a tryout and I tried out. They're like, Come you on, know, come on. And so I went and it's kind of like projected everything else, you know, since then, to be honest with you. So, you know, and then, you know, I took that, I don't want to say fame, but took that notoriety and I was like, well, I need to do something because the reason I'm playing with the men is because there's no option for women. So right. that kind of helped me with, you know, creating fire and ice and wow. and creating that opportunity for women and finding the backing for it. And, you know, this, this last year was our 10 year anniversary and, you know, we've won a national championship and have done a lot of really great things. That team is just I can't say enough good things about the players. They, I mean, they're really what made the team, not me. It's them. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Let's I'm, back up a little bit. Back up. Let's back up. JB Marine days. Yeah. Did you play with Vader? He was my coach. Uh, how awesome is that guy? I love him. I, I just mean, saw him actually because now that I'm on the men's side, I'm like, I'm gonna come out to Chaminade and recruit some of your players. And so I hadn't seen him in years, and I went out, and it's like same person, like Vader, same guy. I mean, was he not? the women's side guru of Jamie Marine in the late 90s. He was. I mean, he, he was, was. I mean, how how successful were your guys' teams in that era? Amazing. Our teams were, I mean, incredible. I mean, some all of the greats from St. Louis have played for J.B. Marine. You know, Lori Klepney, Becky Sauerbrunn. We've wow. all come from that club. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it's like... Yeah, he, he was incredible. And he's still doing it. He, well, he's not with the club, I don't think, anymore. No, no. But he's still coaching at Chaminade, and then he obviously has the pizza place. But he's the whole reason I got looked at by, you know, North Carolina. And when, you know, wow. Anson Durance uh, reached out to, to me. And actually, there's a funny story with that. He'll get a kick out of this. When he called me, I thought it was one of my ten, my friends messing around with me. And he was like, <laughs> this is Anson from North Carolina. I was like, bullshit. This isn't funny. <laughs> like, I'm seriously about to hang up. And he started laughing. And then I really started listening to his voice because he's from, you know, yeah. and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's him. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's so awesome. it's like the uh, what was that? The uh, the uh, flower shop girl in the American president. Yes. He's yeah. not the president. right? <laughs> That's kind of how it was. I was like, no way. So, so let, let's go back, though. You, the question that I had and Jared and I were talking about this earlier um, what what happened and why was the transition from KU mm-hmm. back to Harris Stowe? So, you know, in, in, in a lot of Can we set people, the stage a little bit? Sure. Like KU, um, yep. at the time in the late 90s, Mizzou had a program. Mm-hmm. St. Louis had a program. St. Louis women's program wasn't near what it is now Mm-mm. in the late 90s as far as competitiveness. Yeah. So you go to KU yep. out of Alton, yep. and KU is a marquee Midwest women's program at that yep. time, and you have a ton of success your freshman yeah. year. I did. What happens? Well, I just, I, I didn't feel... I don't, I guess it's kind of hard to explain it, but one, I was a little homesick, you know, that's what it is. People say all these kids are like, oh, I want to go away, big school, and then to get away, and they're like, oh man, this is a lot more than I thought. Um, it really was a job out there, you know, when you're a Division One athlete, it's like, you know, you have no downtime whatsoever. I mean, I had a friend that lost a dad, and I couldn't go home for the funeral. There were so many things. Uh. And then coming in as a freshman, this was the biggest piece of it, coming in as a freshman and taking the spot of someone that's already been there and having success, and like, you know, I did, I 
was Big 12 Player of the Week, and I made two all-tournament teams. That made it difficult for times with within you know the the team with my teammates, and I just didn't feel like you just I, didn't mesh. I did not mesh with them. I did not mesh with them, and I'm like a I don't know. I just did not mesh with them, and I was like, this just doesn't feel right. And I thought to myself, you know, like I just want to play soccer and be happy and get my degree and move on and do something with my life outside of that. And so well the, the school didn't really matter to me. I was like, I can do whatever I want afterwards and no one will remember. I'm sure you guys didn't know until you researched. They're like, and that's what I tell my recruits. I'm like, you know where I went? And they're like, no, exactly. No one cares. Well, <laughs> Ryan Robertson and Paul Pierce weren't that good. They just weren't that good of men's basketball players. Oh, I was like, Paul Pierce, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? I knew him when I was there. Yeah, Paul no, was good. That was Paul your was good. They were great. Yeah. But so, I think it speaks to just a lot of the different conversations we've had on this this podcast with other guests, players, coaches, that thought there was a linear path to success. Mm-hmm. And, and I, looking at your career, and I'm sure you're going to talk more about different stories and how you got to certain places, but I think it just illustrates how unlinear and how jagged that path can be mm-hmm. and sometimes it ends up in places you never expected because yeah. I imagine <clears throat> as a freshman in Lawrence if somebody said your actual professional debut would be on a men's indoor <laughs> team <laughs> how <laughs> bingo how, right? yeah. I think Didn't the have that, the that would have been lower than city making you know yeah. a, a cup this year but <laughs> so can you talk <laughs> you, yeah. got, you got to get on the board first yeah. so, right. all right so uh, that's that's interesting to me. My daughter is a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. She's about to go to college. She still hasn't chosen where. And your story about kind of that just disconnect, and it doesn't matter if you're a D1 athlete or a chemistry major, you've got to feel comfortable mm-hmm. in that. So what was it about Harris-Stowe that we're actually, I can actually see, see parts of mm-hmm. it from here. Right. What was it about Harris-Stowe that when you got here was, ah, this is this is it. Yeah. I feel good. Well, let me tell you, the coach that was there at the time, his name was Richard Roan. We all call him Rock. He actually, like I said, I was playing two years up. He came out to one of um, my games and tried to recruit me. And I told him, I was like, hey, I'm only a sophomore. And he was like, oh, my gosh, I can't even talk to you right now. I thought this was a team full of seniors. And then he just stuck with me. He just, like, he would call every once in a while, check out me. He would come out to my games. Um, you know, when I actually told him, I was like, hey, there's no chance I'm going to go there. I'm going to choose between North Carolina, Mizzou, or Kansas. He was like, all right, well, let me know what you need help with. Like, I will help you get there. You absolutely deserve that. Why? While I was there, he would continue following up with me and just say, hey, how's it going? You know, I've been following you. I'm so proud of you. All these things. He just made this really good connection that showed me as a coach, he really cared about me. And I felt like I, I want to go play for that guy. Not to mention a couple of my club players had, you know, teammates that were playing for him. I was like, yeah, those are my friends. And he seems really cool. I'm just going to go there and I'm going to play. And I don't care what anybody thinks about it. And that's what I did. Well, when you transferred back, did you mm-hmm. have <clears throat> kind of a... Because you had two years of eligibility left? Three. Oh, you had three years Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so did, did you have a four-year plan? And did you did you view Harris-Stowe as a path t- towards that, 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 that plan or that goal? Or was it just kind of at the time a good fit for you? Yeah, it, it really was. It was like, okay, I want to come home. And where can I go? Where can I get my education paid for? Um, and, you know, like... I just want to get my degree. And that's, I was looking at the close future. I wasn't even looking past that. So kudos. I mean, there's a lot to be said when, you know, these kids, I I have some friends that are, that have kids that are like me recruited in different sports 
And my, my, my suggestion to them is, is go to the first person that you feel, no matter division aside, mm-hmm. go to the first person, the first place that you feel the guy or girl cares about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. to be said. And that, and you just said it. I mean, th- those coaches that are good, how, how much do you emulate your coaching style after that gentleman? I mean, a lot. I mean, I, I've a, I definitely understand how important it is to have a good bond with your players because the more that you have that bond, the more they're going to want to play for you and the yep. more you can get out of them. Absolutely. If they don't have any trust and any faith in you, they're not going to play for you. So, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the TikTok page. You guys bond. We do. <laughs> I, I don't know if they like me necessarily doing that all the time with I, the guy, but I think they do in a way, you know. The, but the sad they faces. Don't. Yeah, they, they, they love those. <laughs> that was the best, wasn't it? I had no clue. Um, yeah, so so let, let's 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 stick to you you as a coach for a little while, and we we can come back and fill the middle years later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you're talking about the relationship and and what your coach at Harris Stowe, what he meant to you, and really the process, because mm-hmm. you didn't really say much about his coaching style or anything like that. This that was a more of a personal decision. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you as a coach, how do you balance? Uh, those two because obviously being a, a woman head coach female head coach um, you you have different things that you're probably thinking about or that you assume the, the boys are thinking about how do you manage that like in, in, in how does it drive your style like what's 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 the trick is there a secret sauce or no i mean i it's soccer is soccer i feel like you know and i go and i would coach the i coach the women the same way that i would coach the men the only difference is is i feel like i can actually say exactly what i want to say without having to worry about hurting uh, somebody's yeah. feelings you know like if if a player's having a shitty game i could say hey man you're having a shitty game like and he would be like all right you know what i'm, I'm going to take my head out of my ass and I'm going to play. Whereas, you know, with the girls, you got to sometimes be a little bit more sensitive to that, which, you know, is fine. But, you know, the game itself, um, I mean, you can play different formations with them because they can cover more ground because they're faster and they're stronger. I mean, so you can kind of adjust to that. But soccer is soccer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. tactically. I mean, soccer is soccer. And you just, yeah, I just managed it kind of the same way. Well well said because, you know, the best coaches know how to push the buttons. And Mm -hmm. and that's that's what we're referring to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's a relationship. You know, if if there's not trust or belief in the individual, the system really doesn't matter. No. And you know what? I One thing that I always make sure that I do, too, is I make them a part of it. So at halftime, I always ask them, and this actually, it actually is really good because it makes them pay attention. And I'm like, okay, like I'll go to the defenders. What do you guys think's going on out there? Who who do you think is their best attacker? What, you know, like where do they attack from? I actually make them tell me mm-hmm. what's going on in the game. And then if something's broken, I'm like, okay, how do we fix it? And then I mean, I know how to fix it. And but you I, already know the and answer. And I already know the answer. So I kind of try to steer them towards it where it, it, they're like, okay, no, this is what we need to do. And I'm like, yep, you're right. That's what you guys need to do. So it, they kind of take some sort of ownership and they're yeah. like, they're proud of it. You know what I mean? So so, so let me ask the other side of that question then stylistically, mm-hmm. because right now there's a huge debate at the academy level, uh, collegiate level, national level. Uh uh, possession versus high press, you know, what's, you know, just, just X's and O's. 
Yeah. What, what's your style? What do you prefer? And what, what, what does your team play right now? Well, I can tell you, you can't determine what a formation is and what style of play, you, you know, you're going to play until you know who your players are. And with your me, yep. So when people are like, oh, this is a formation I'm going to play. I'm like, who, you don't even know who you're going to have next year. So what do you, how do you know you're going to play? That's um, great. I'm yeah. glad you, uh, uh, that's, that's refreshing. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a completely sane answer that uh, we rarely get. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, but it's so true. I'm like, how do I know if I'm going to play a direct play if I don't have a, a fast forward or something, you know, and I mean or right. whatever so this is kind of why i'm a, a liverpool fan because i like a little bit of possession but at the same time i like to take risks so i'm kind of like in, so in between you're the two. a masochist so <laughs> well but- i'm a i'm actually i i can't even say i'm a uh, Liverpool fan, I'm a club fan because I love how he coaches and his, yeah. you know, yeah. but I love watching other teams because, you know, there's other players that I'm just like, real, like Mbappe. I love Mbappe, but Thierry Henry is my favorite player of all time. Okay. And I see Ugh. Mbappe a little bit and, you know what I mean? Henry and a little bit of Mbappe. Okay. So. so Henri, mm-hmm. um, U.S. men's head coach? I would, I would love this. Because you saw that, right? You saw that kind of popping through the news the other day? Yep. And he I, wants to. I mean, well, what? I don't why know if he not? Wants There's to. no pressure. He does show. <laughs> he does show. Uh, what's the right word? Um, interest. Well, he didn't say, you know, like what uh, Zidane said, like go pound sand. Yeah. You know, he was like, just headbutt yeah, somebody. He, yeah. yeah we didn't like, get headbutted. <laughs> I'm interested. So going back to your your style, though, now that you get to recruit mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. do you have a style in mind that you would like to play? At Swick. Oh, well played. And does that inform how you go out and recruit? Because if you're wanting to play more of a possession style, Mm -hmm. you're going to look at clubs and and teams that kind of foster that versus a high-press team. So I'm just curious from your coaching style, now going into your recruiting style, Mm -hmm. because this is your first... This will be my second year this fall. Okay. But this was my first year, yeah. Right. So you're recruiting now for Mm -hmm. freshmen for the fall. Yep. So does that inform what you're looking for or or do you pull the Jared and, and JB rule which is you just find the best athlete mm. for your program and then you build around that well love I, the question love yeah it. I think the thing is is you know if I have 11 phenomenal center midfielders I'm gonna or 10 phenomenal center midfielders I'm gonna figure out a way to kind of get them all on the field sure. because by now I'm like hey you should be able to play every single position um and the, uh, the other thing is is you got to remember I have a like half my team turns over every right. single year being at a junior college right so that that makes things kind of difficult you're talking about recruiting in like 14 new people every year so when people are like oh what style do you want to recruit to I'm like shoot I just want to get people in here and see how they're going to mesh with the other team you know that half of the it's team. harder to build a it's long harder. program yeah. like mm-hmm. you know to develop freshmen and sophomores yeah. to be leaders upperclassmen per se or to play a, d- a certain style because you know like if if you're at a four-year university, they can their freshman year they can kind of see how you want to play, and then three more years they have to like kind of adapt to it. Where me, it's like I can't wa- I can't put a freshman on the bench because I need I need them to play. Yeah. I need them to play. Yeah. So it's different. I mean, no, I appreciate that answer. Is there a redshirt rule in junior college? Oh, can- there's a redshirt rule in, in every you know because I'm not familiar with it. Mm-hmm. So you could bring a uh, an 18 year old kid, whether it's a great thing, it's a physical thing, mm-hmm. it's 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 maybe he's yeah. not ready, he or she, and you can redshirt that. Kid. Mm-hmm. and they could play yep. maybe two and a half years and get like three falls in yeah okay well they could they could they would get two years they have two years of eligibility so it and does it, even if they if they redshirt and they can't play then you know then they they only get two years to actually sure. be there but two. there's a percentage and i think with you know ncaa teams if you play one game then that's your 
that's pretty much your eligibility. And the junior college, you have to play a certain percentage. You know, for instance, like I had my captain this past year, he tore his ACL in the first game, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. But he still has an additional My first year, year I, yeah. I elect a captain. He's my strongest player. He tears the ACL. Yeah. Thank Let's you. Let's go. Come okay. on uh, upstairs. I need some help. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, this is how this is going to go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I got you. Okay. Yeah. So. So you're going into the fall year two. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, feel good about the team. Just start there. Yeah. Uh, how has the recruiting process been? I'm almost done. Are, are to be you? honest, it was just crazy for a JUCO, but it's been it's been super easy. Um, I I think I'm fairly blessed um, because those those guys around the area, especially because obviously, I mean, people ask me why, why aren't you going on traveling and recruiting? I'm like, I live in St. Louis, not in <laughs> Iowa. You know, like wow, I live in the middle of a soccer hotbed. Like, why would I travel all over? I'd try to find people here, and the the people here they already know me, so it's not like I have to prove myself. They already kind of I already have a history here, and they're like, oh yeah, I can go play with her. She knows what she's talking about. Well, that that side of the story, and I have to ask the question. Uh, I'm just going to say men's sports, college, uh, uh, 18 to 21-year-olds, families sitting in front of them, the word sexism in sports. How, how do you react to that? Sex? Oh. I try not to because I feel like that's what they want as a reaction. You know what I mean? I, I, just, I just don't. I don't react to it, to be honest with you. Good. I love that. You know? so that's a great I, answer. I have a, a question on my original question so <laughs> b part b part b and by the way i love that answer about <laughs> the, you know the juco style which really you just put the best 11 out there mm-hmm. and and win as much as you can it's like the nfl is your pitch though to those those kids hey we're gonna bring you in to swick develop you give you two years of great experience so that you can then move on to a d yeah 3d 2d1 yeah is it so how does that conversation go? And, and how often do you run into kids who are like, oh, no, like you were when you were a freshman or going mm-hmm. into your freshman year. I'm not going to Harris Stoke because I've got, I'm, I'm setting my sights for D1. Yeah. How does that conversation go with the parents and the, and the, the player? Yeah. Well, the landscape of, of JUCO has completely changed. So it's not like a last place resort. Like, right. Um, the oldest guy on my team is a 26-year-old guy from South Africa. So oh. if an 18-year-old thinks they're going to come in and, and completely dominate oh, him, that. like it's it's just not going to happen. We have a lot of internationals that come in and play in JUCO level, and that's what 90% of the teams are. And we all know international oh, yeah. players compa- compared to American players, if we're being honest. Maturity-wise. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're yeah. coming in when they're older because they're, you know, they, right. they don't have the luxury. So they're coming in at 21, 22 years old. So there's that. And so the, the experience plays a huge part of the yep. game. But I'm, I'm selling, honestly – as a coach, I'm like, I don't want to just make your your son a good soccer player. I want to make him a good person. I want him to be successful. I want him to know that this education is going to come first. It's going to be paid for. And you're going to take whatever classes it is your freshman, sophomore year, you're going to take the same ones here for free. So you can go to a Division One school, Division Two, sit the bench, and pay $15,000, $16,000, whatever, $20,000 a year for it. Or you can come here for free, get some experience, play, be happy, get your associates, and I'll move you on because I can have connections all over the country. Not only and play, play high-level soccer. I play high-level soccer, yeah. yeah. And they don't, they don't realize it until they come watch a game, and that's the most important thing. I'm like, hey, come out and watch a game. If you think you can get on the field with these players after you come watch a game and and you can dominate and you're going to be a standout, then by all means, go ahead and find a higher level to play for. But JUCO teams are beating NCAA teams nowadays. 
it, it's happening. Yeah. yeah, well, and it's no different than the bottom half of the D1. Mm-hmm. Um, there are multiple D2 schools that will hammer them, and, and likewise D2 to D3. Um, back in the day, and, and, and it's, a, it's a stigma, um, how many kids are you getting that can really play but they go to a JUCO because they're yeah. forced to academically. Um, it, what, what is the relationship there? And what is, and I, and, and I'm not going to act like I know that relationship mm-hmm. or even going to, you know, talk about academics per se. You're in it. How many people are you getting um, that are not international, which probably doesn't answer that question. Um, how many kids domestically are you getting that have that have academic problems that are forced to go to a JUCO that can play? Or is that – am I wrong? Like when we were growing up, there was a lot of people using JUCOs as like a last chance. Yeah, they, well, they didn't have options. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I honestly, I don't. I look for the kids that have good academics because if you're not good in the classroom, then you're not going to be eligible to play on the field for me. Yeah. So – and that's, then it makes it harder for me because then I'm constantly explaining to like the athletic director in the school, like why, why is this kid – missing you know classes to go to games he's failing and, and it's like I'm babysitting you know yep. so I'm looking for the kids that are that are really really good I understand that you know there are kids that are good that have academic issues but it's also kind of like a responsibility thing Absolutely. you know what I mean yeah. so if you're not responsible enough just to go to class and turn in your homework and if you have an issue on a test like I understand that, but if you're just completely being lazy and think you're going to come into my program and drop my team GPA, which is a goal of ours, then I don't care how good you are, to be honest with you. Like, I would That's rather refreshing. pass. I would that, rather pass than, you know, than deal with it. That's awesome. So so let's kind of extrapolate off of that whole uh, concept because we, we talk about it often. Um in, in the youth world more so, in the academy world, uh, where you're managing uh, not only player expectation as far as uh, where they fall within a club or within a region, but then you also have parent expectation that comes into play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm bringing this up because I saw your tweet. Okay, um, I was about to say. I'm like, I think I just <laughs> tweeted about this. Yeah, no, uh, well, there's, there's connectivity there. <laughs> um, I speak to... Um, because we have opinions. We, we've talked, again, I mentioned it, we talk about it a lot. The role that expectations in both the player first, but the parents or, or their immediate surrounding uh, plays in that decision-making process. And then Jared was kind of alluding to it, you know, for those that uh, have unrealistic expectations, mm. right, as far as where they fall in the NCAA uh, hierarchy, you know, uh, and and you know that they're a really good fit for JUCO. Mm-hmm. You know, um, t- talk to talk to man- about two managing expectations. Managing the parents' expectations or yes. the players' expectations? and yes. Okay. You know, because it's really kind of one and the same when you're dealing with, you know, that yeah. 17, 18 year old. You're talking to both. Yeah, I think it comes down to people like they're they're. High school and club coaches not being able to have a difficult conversation. You need to be honest with your players. If you if you see them at a certain level, I don't think you should set them up with success and say, "Hey, we want you to go here." You're like, "Here, here's a good school. You could play D1," and then send them off. And then you know, six months later, they're like, "Hey, I want to transfer." And to be honest, I have a lot of players from around here that reach out to me from clubs that I do not coach at, and they're like, "Hey, I went here. Things didn't work out. Can you help me transfer? Because I know you know people." 
and I've never coached them before in my life. So this, this happens all the time that kids get misplaced because either their parents want to be able to post this certain things on social media and brag about it. And they're competing with their friends or their clubs want to post it on social media, you know, like, Oh, we develop players that play develop that, that play division one, but they don't. Um, and then they go in the portal nowadays and then they get lost. So I think just the, the difficult conversation and, you know, putting the kid first instead of like what makes you look good is the most important thing. And sometimes that's hard for people to do. Well, absolutely. And it goes back to um, what a little bit on the front end of just going where you're a prime example. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'll speak for myself. I'm a, going where you feel welcome mm-hmm. at your level and, and being real about diagnosing that path. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, and I said this the other day on my Twitter, I was like, don't pick a school based off, you know, like where you're going to be able to make the announcement that, hey, I am proud to announce that I'm going to play division one soccer at and can, you know, continue my soccer and academic career at dot, 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 because that'll be good for the day. And then after that, no one cares. No one really cares where you're going to go and if you're going to be successful. And a lot of people are just going to forget about it. Yep. So all, all people want to know is that like, okay, good. You got your degree. What are you going to do with your life and your degree for the better, you know, for the better good? What are you going to do after that? And that's pretty much it. So, okay. So let me, let me take this one step further then. Let's Let's elevate up to the kind of the one percenters mm-hmm. uh, across that age group. And yep. I won't say uh, JUCO to D1, just mm-hmm. that age group. Yep. Um, with the rapid expansion of MLS, mm-hmm. with the explosion of agent participation, uh, specifically NIL. with mm-hmm. NIL opportunities, European opportunities, et cetera, et cetera. What about managing or do you see kind of the role that these pathways are now getting into the heads of these players that are exceptional players, no doubt. Um, how, how are you managing that expectation and are you coming across it often? And, and, and I guess the simple question is, have you seen pl- any players in your you know two seasons that you're like, yep, that kid's got it and you know here's, here's, here's your skip forward button? Yeah, I mean I've, I've seen a couple players. Um, and they're international players. I got to say it. They're international players that are playing at the JUCO level where I'm like, mm, this could, this kid could probably play professionally. And with the expansion of MLS, now the opportunities are a little bit higher than what they are in the past. But I, I think, I think sometimes kids set their, their high, their size way too high, you know? Okay. So, so my question is this, whose job is to manage that expectation? I would hope their club coach, to be honest with you, would help them because they're the ones that are pushing them. You know, they're the ones that want it. And when you say I, I, international, where, where, what international players are they here domestically mm-hmm. as internationals playing yeah. for a club, or are they coming here um, straight from South Africa to play at college? Twenty-one years old, yeah. playing college, so yeah. they don't per se have a club coach, correct? Correct. They do. Well, no, they all, they have a club. They have clubs where they're from. They don't have college where they're from. Okay. So yeah. And actually one of the guys I coach, he actually trained, uh, with coach, uh, Carnell down in South Africa because that's where he's from. So him and his friend actually trained on the field with him at one point in time. Right. Small world, right? It is a small world. (laughs) I, I, I want to go back to something you said, because I think it's so important. And we've had a couple coaches on high school, two coaches from high school, you're our second college coach, and we have one tomorrow as well. Yep. Um, and I think it's fascinating because I feel like at your level, you can look at kids and go, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. just be true. It's yeah. not going to happen. 
and I and I do. And honestly, it's a really, really tough conversation yeah. um, because the, I do. I have kids that are like, or I should say, kids, guys, men that are like, "Hey, coach, I want to play professional," and I'm like, uh, "It's it's just not in the cards <laughs> yeah. for you. Like, I I will not set you up because they know I have connections, and like, can you get me a tryout?" And I'm like. I cannot, I cannot put my stamp of approval on that and refer you by any means because if actually someone comes around one day that is, you know, I feel like really could make it, they're going to look at me and say, uh, the last kid you sent us was a donkey. Like, there's no way that I'm going to let you, you know, bring somebody in now. So it's, it's a tough conversation to have, but you got to have it. And I don't think parents can have it because let's be real. Kids don't listen to their parents, you know, and, and as much as they want to think that they, they don't, you know, like I've been called so many times to have parents like, hey, will you talk to my son or my daughter about like college and the process? They won't listen to me, including my own kid. My own kid wouldn't listen to anything I said when it came to college. And he played for the academy. And I've told him his whole life, like, if you want to play, these are the things that you need to do. Didn't listen to me. I had to have somebody else tell him. So, I mean, yeah. It's, it's one of those things that. I know all about that. Mm. <laughs> right, it's tough. Yeah, it's we, rough as a parent. Yeah. Well, I, and I and I think that you know the, the the other aspect of this whole thing is that all age groups, uh, age levels, and even playing levels, they are exposed to the game in a way that none of us were ever privy to. Oh, no. Uh, no, via Mm-mm. not only just the ability to watch games, one, but then you then you roll in social media and. Uh, Instagram access and and TikTok accounts and all this other stuff. The carrot feels a lot closer. Yeah, for our when, kids. When you're looking at it, than it did for us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a big part of it, and that's why I like. And and Jared, you you said this a couple times. The word refreshing. Your commentary on this topic is refreshing hmm. because we get mired in our own. <laughs> uh, view of how things are going mm-hmm. the path for our own kids uh, the roadblocks that might be there but then we've heard from different coaches and different folks in the industry in the field of play so to speak and the honesty that you're bringing not only to this podcast but to twitter and other <laughs> media platforms is it's it's it is refreshing because it's, it's not a voice that we hear a lot well, because I, I feel like no one wants to say it. No Correct. one wants to be that person that says it. And I'm like, well, I'll say it. I don't. I mean, what's it going to do? All it did, and if you could tell, is it brought other people out there like, oh, my gosh, I've been thinking about this. Like, I completely agree, and I've had issues with this. And, I mean, referees were co- commenting on it. Yep. Kids were commenting on it like, oh, my gosh, this was embarrassing. You know, whatever it may be. Um, yeah, it's just people don't want to say it and i'm like well i'll do it i don't care and realistically <laughs> you, you tell do? that kid he's a yeah. donkey yeah. On, on the field and he's not going to make it yeah. well, worst case scenario he's like no and then he goes out and, and, and he works, works his ass off yeah. and then makes well, it and you're and you and you go i'm sorry i was touche. wrong touche 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 <laughs> more, more importantly uh when your husband cooks do you tell him the truth oh my husband cooks. We that was don't a cook. big assumption, apparently. I, I, think, I, I think the honesty, I think the brutal honesty approach of Lindsay Eversmeyer might be a reason why he's not cooking. No, like, why, that's I mean, not why. I can't imagine like an ounce, a little bit too much salt. You probably... Like, are you just, or is he just running the kids everywhere like every other <laughs> no. s- sports family? No, he's very, he's very lucky. But my youngest, he does not like sports. Unfortunately, he does not like sports. Teach their own. He's gonna. He's probably gonna be a gamer, which okay. pays for your hey, education yeah, nowadays. Yeah, by yeah, the I was way, so say, I'm like, okay. uh, I was on Slew's campus yesterday or Monday. They have a whole esports yep. floor. Pretty so much. So does Swick. All, all these places yeah. do. All right, here's what we're gonna do. 
quick break. We yes. are going to get a refill, and we'll be right back with Lindsay. Lindsay, thank you for your time. Mm-hmm. Hey, everyone. JB here with the Soccer Dad Pod. This break is intended to be both informative and an opportunity. Little did you know that we are accepting sponsors. Really. And as a sponsor of the show, you would get to talk to a demographic primarily consisting of parents, some soccer fans, and most definitely drinkers. Consider this an opportunity to let our listeners and social media followers know what it is you do and why you deserve some of their money. If interested in this incredible opportunity, just email us at soccerdadpod at gaslightstl.com. Now, back to the mindless banter. Oh, what is this? We're back. We, go. we got refills. Here we go. A little intro. Uh, Yep, you know it? Come on. Name it. Name that tune, anybody? I'm a reputation. Shrek. <laughs> Shrek. Yes. Oh, my God. Who's a mom at the table? <laughs> That's what I know it from, actually. The Miss Joan Jett. Yes. Um, was she Hart? No. She was actually Joan Jett. She was Joan Jett. But wasn't she just, who was the lead singer of Hart? Uh, uh, I don't know names. Um, no. Oh God. I I had trivia starts in an hour. I don't yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I had to jump in here because we were having a oh, conversation God. offline about going down the rabbit hole of social media in general. Um, Instagram reels specifically, mm-hmm. TikTok less specifically. Well, TikTok the thing is like it throws you directly into kind of a little bit more of a pigeonhole. Most of it, most of it is like politically based for the most part, whether you want it, it or depend, not. I, I mean, know. it's really hard it to get away. Depends on what from. you want. I mean, I I don't like I I do want to see cats freaking out over cucumbers and. Well, here's the deal. What I figured out <laughs> but, with, with Instagram, and which is owned by Meta, Facebook. If you watch a video or if you pause as you're scrolling on a thing, oh, like, that's your new thing. The other day, I was looking at a dinner table, like a kitchen table. For eight seconds. Now, every time I log into Facebook or Instagram, and Amazon. guess what I see? A, yep, a dinner table. Yeah. Tables. <laughs> Everywhere. Well, what, whatever you do, do not watch that little dude that's somewhere in, I, I think, Mongolia that hand digs pools. Oh, I've, oh, seen, I've that. seen that. Dude, that guy's awesome. <laughs> His brother or somebody with him. Yes. Yes, with sticks. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah with and the, I was like the, at the very end because it's always fast and then they just hang out in it for one second. Where'd the water come from, though? Yes. They show like them pouring buckets in. You're like, that, no. You're, you're not there for a year <laughs> rolling buckets of water in this. Look, I 8, trust it. It was pool. on the internet. It's real. Nah, I know. It's so come true. No, um, all right. So now Find that, your thing, you know? Oh, that, Find your thing. Yeah, but I mean, how did that guy wake up one morning and say like, I have an idea. Let's go get a GoPro and dig holes in I the pools. I don't know. Maybe he... With my hands. Yes. <laughs> Like he don't have any equipment. No. <laughs> well, he's barefooted he's and he's have doing terrible it. nails. He does have terrible <laughs> nails. Oh my god! But it, here's the thing: it's also time lapsed. So imagine how yeah. much money he would make in the states, though. Like if you flew that guy over here, he couldn't you, dig in the states. There'd be too many rocks. He'd get in well, my he yard. Do it here. He'd get an eighth of an inch down before he hit bedrock. Okay, so and then, then we, he'd be done. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be a really short video. That would be a short video. 
All right, now that we've thoroughly wasted your time with <laughs> TikTok videos, uh, you know, we, we were running the gamut earlier, um, and, you know, you, you just have experienced kind of uh, such a path. Um, you know, let's, let's, let's go back to the middle. Let's, let's talk about those days, post-college, you know, the, the indoor experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it's, it's one thing to just kind of tell it linearly, which is what you did earlier. But there's a lot of gaps in that story. Or just um, read it on Wikipedia. <laughs> like, we, we want to hear the story. We tried, and apparently she's like 58 years old. <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> so here's, here's, what I w- here's what I would like you to maybe, you know, uh, expand upon. Um, you, you get out of Harristow. The, the club team's doing its thing. You have that conversation with uh, team ownership, management, et cetera, and they are like, okay, let's give this thing a try. Number one, how did that conversation go? And then more importantly, I want to know what's running through your mind as you, as those days, those weeks of, holy shit, I'm mm-hmm. about to do X, Y, and Z. What, what was that steamers. experience like? Yeah, with the steamers. Yeah, um... Well, I mean, I think the first thing was, is like, well, what are my options? Because like I said before, there were no options for any type of women. And the second thing is, is like, well, maybe if I, if, if I can figure this out some way and, and I can make it happen, maybe this will be my way to kind of, you know, shed light on that there, there aren't any opportunities for women and maybe something else will come of it. Who knows or whatever. But yeah, I was in a, oh crap, I'm going into a whole other type of, I don't know, almost like a, what do they call it? Like a twilight zone. And I, and I literally just thought, well, I know I'm going to take a beating, but in, in the end, it's going to be for the future. It's going to be for all the, the little girls out there. Wow. So when, when it happened and you, in, in the, in the offer was on the table, mm-hmm. who was the first person you talked to? Oh my gosh. This was so long ago. Hmm. Who was it? Um, I'm, I think it was probably one of my parents is the first one I talked to. And, and my parents, they're not sports people. My parents actually played in a band. They're musicians. And I'm like opposite nice. of that. Like I sound like a bird in heat when I sing. So I have no talent whatsoever. <laughs> bird in heat. And he, you know. <laughs> um, so like they were just like, you know, honey, you know, do whatever that you, you know, whatever you need to do. And we're going to be here to support you. It wasn't like trying to talk me out of it or you know, like talking about all the things that could negatively happen. They're just, Hey, you know what? You do what you got to do. And we know whatever it is that you're going to be able to handle it and take it and go with it. That's awesome. So you, you've broken not only records at Alton high school, most goals in a season at Harristow. I think you have six records that are still Mm -hmm. held today. You've broken about 17 glass ceilings (laughs) since then. What's motivating you to keep going in that path. I mean, is it, is it that little girl? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or is and it And not me, else? the little girl. It's no, the, the little girl now, like the future. Yep. That's what I feel like, you know, like I, and I started to talk about it a little earlier about like how I feel like I took the, the brunt of it. You know, I don't, a lot of people don't realize what I went through with the steamers. They probably thought like, Oh, this is just easy for her and she's getting all this recognition. But that wasn't the case. Like I had half the team like hated me. They were pissed. They oh, yeah. they were pissed and they hated that I was there. They wouldn't talk to me or they were mean. And they even put me on, you know, ESPN one time and it was with one of my teammates that hated me and that idea was here. And they, he just literally just 
completely just demolished me on TV, and I had to sit there and deal with it. And, and eat it. And yeah, eat it. And, and all the questions that I got from people, and it was always the same question. It was, what makes you think that you can play with the guys? And the answer was always the same. And I was like, what makes you think I can't? You know, like, you've never seen me play because I haven't yet, and you just you're just assuming by looking at me that I cannot play soccer or compete with the guys. Like, it was always the same thing. And it was, I mean, I can't even tell you how many nights I went home and I'm like, man, this Why am is, I doing this? what the hell did I get myself into? And then I just kept going back to like, it's not just for me. It's for other, it's for the women. It's for little girls. It's like, I have to do it because someone's got to say it and no one else is, has the balls enough to do it. So, so did you ratchet up kind of your... Uh, aggression towards the situation as you knew the t- the teammates were doing what they were doing saying what they were saying like did it did it make you more determined and and how did you express that determination or or let me ask you this like the 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 analogy of okay so you go to prison and hopefully nobody here goes to prison and you <laughs> walk you in <laughs> and, and you walk in and you punch the biggest guy in the mouth <laughs> Did, did, did you have a little bit of that when you, like, you know, the guys, that whole sect that were like, did you just did you just walk in and try to hammer somebody? I did a couple times, yes, oh, as a matter yes. of fact. It, but it looked like it was normal, you know, like in the run of play. And um, I'm sure that they, they knew who they were. They well, knew, to, sta- the, to this day, they know who they are. Well, there's a statute of limitations of like one year on that stuff. So name names. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. Oh. <laughs> Justin I'm not Will. Do that. Yeah. J-Mac Will. Yeah. I don't know. Luckily, honestly, J-Mac was one. He was on the team at the same time, and he was one of my friends. So after practices, there were times where he'd call me and be like, hey, are you okay? Because he knows how hard it was, you know, for me. And I could actually be like, oh, my God, like, this guy's such a dick. And, you know, like, I would, nice. so I had someone to vent to that was there that saw it and that kind of understood what I was going through. So you, you still are coaching. Are you still competing at all? No, I just had I just oh, had surgery last just, week. <laughs> your meniscus repaired. Yeah, I've had three ACL surgeries, and um, this one I tore my la- my lateral meniscus uh, last January in a soccer tournament because I was playing still. I don't know why, because my doctor's like, "What are you doing?" But uh, this time, my doctor was in there. He's like, "You're gonna need a knee replacement." So I haven't decided if I'm. Well, I might as well just tear it all up since it's got to be replaced anyway, or yeah. if I just kind of chill. Uh, the reason I asked that, my sister played collegiate. Uh, mm-hmm. She played for JUCO for two years and then to Lindenwood she's a little younger than us mm-hmm. but she's still playing three mm-hmm. or four nights a week yep. in soccer and volleyball and I feel like if I were to ask her a similar question to what I asked you which mm-hmm. is she's kind of broken some things as well it really is about proving something yeah and so with your it's not about fitness switch, <laughs> no, it was no. about beer. I don't feel for me. the need to prove anymore. I'm like, no, I have the scars on my legs. I'm good. But, but with Swick, yeah, you are proving. Th- you are still competing, and you're making yeah. a point that I think is. I wouldn't. I don't want to compare it to your your athletic career, but I think you're showing something else because I think there's still that that barrier for mm-hmm. women getting into men's coaching. Right. And you've crossed that. JB mentioned that earlier. What was that process like? Well, it was easy for me in my head, to be honest with you, because I thought to myself, you know, because I knew this was going to be a question. Is like, oh, man, a woman coaching a men's team. I'm like, well, why? Men coach women's teams all the time. And not one of the men have ever played women's soccer. But I have played men's soccer. So I'm probably one of the only people in the entire country that can be like, 
oh, well, I've actually played the men's sport, so, and you guys, you can't say you've played women's sport, so how can you talk to me about coaching the opposite sex when you've never even played it? Did you get the same look of stunned silence that you just got from the three of us? <laughs> you said that in your interview. <laughs> because was probably like, oh. how, do you, how do you respond yeah, well, they can't because right. what are they going to say? They can't really. But they you can't know, say no, you didn't. They well, can't. yeah, they yeah, can't. But, asshole. But, but, yeah, but but can you sing? Like, well, it's different. Yeah. Well, it's different. <laughs> we no, that? it's it's not different. <laughs> you know, it's not different. If you can coach women and you're not a woman, woman, and you've never played it and you don't know what we gone through, gone through, you know, and how our bodies process things, then you can't sit there and tell me that I can't coach the guys. I mean, soccer is soccer. If you're qualified enough, it shouldn't matter if you're a guy or a girl. You know, like I don't so really care. That, that leads into. A discussion a little more apropos around the city. Mm-hmm. So Saturday night is the first official game mm-hmm. down in Austin. Mm-hmm. Then we have our first home game March fourth. Mm-hmm. You going to be there? Oh heck yeah! Yes. So one of the, my favorite coaches, and I'm not going to disparage any other coaches on the coaching staff, but City, but City has also hired a female coach for one of the mm-hmm. men's uh, academy, academy teams. Team. Yep. Rockstar. Mm-hmm. And I think what you are doing, what she is doing, is breaking that mold a little bit, showing that this is so stupid. <laughs> like, I don't get it. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm alone on the, on, on the group here, but I feel like the more that can take that chance mm-hmm. and not just go, well, I guess I'm a woman, so I'm just going to just coach women's well, sports. Well, it's, yeah, it's about competence. I mean, it's, a, it's about being a, having how, the ability to well, do let, the job. Let, 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 me, let me speak to this real yeah. quick, because the one thing that you talked about earlier, and you expressed it as, who you are and how you address things, specifically your direct approach to uh, evaluating talent and expectation. I would prefer way more coaches like you, specifically female coaches on the boys' side at the academy level at younger ages Mm -hmm. that do that. Now, clearly, you're not going to bury a 12-year-old or a (laughs) 13-year-old. But I think... Jared will do that. But I think your approach, managing that expectation... And at that age, you do have to deal with the parents mm. often, right? Mm. I think that would be a tremendous asset to, I don't, I don't care who the club is, mm-hmm. put more individuals like yourself lower, switch the sexes up coaching-wise, because, because there's also a certain amount of uh, empathy approach mm-hmm. that, that is naturally going, going to occur mm-hmm. from female coaches for younger kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 you know, just, and I'm spitballing here, but I think that the 12 to 16 year old age groups they need that they mm-hmm. need that kind of honesty and approach that you've dis- it just kind of displayed you know and our boys you know they they come home and talk to us about um, uh, Megan over at city mm-hmm. they love her mm-hmm. you know and she's got this she's she, she's very very direct but she's also confident confident and she engages mm-hmm. yeah well yeah. she's a teacher yeah and that's what I kind of like Literally, that's what you're doing. You're going out and you're te- teaching something that you, you know, specifically have studied to do. So I don't think it should matter. Like if you're a good teacher and you're, you're well, you know, your capabilities of being able to pull in your players and get them to buy into what you're teaching and then to get them to turn around and, and perform those things out on the field, it shouldn't matter. Like, you know, it shouldn't. It, it, it me, shouldn't. Let me ask. So, but in our society, it, yeah, um, that's um, the problem. And, 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 you know, <laughs> we talked about it a little bit, and I said the word sexism in our sport or mm. in any sport, it, it exists. It does. I, it just, it just flat out exists. 
But I think it's, I think that's ignorant people where it, it exists. So that's why I'm like, I ignore those people. I ignore those people because I'm like, if you actually are going to, nowadays are going to talk like this, then you are a waste of my time. Absolutely. And I'm not even going to give you another thought. So I just go ahead and go. That. But Beat it. My, 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 I want to go back to one thing. After Harris-Stowe, you go to Washington and mm-hmm. the league folds. You have no other option. Mm-mm. You start playing around. You start getting noticed. You get to play with the steamers. Mm-hmm. Fast forward 17, 18 years. Mm-hmm. You're coaching at Harris-Stowe, and then you go to Umsol. Mm-hmm. What made you decide to go for the men's job at SWIC? Well, I was already at SWIC as the assistant for the women's side. Yep. And then whenever the... Um, the uh, the head coach, you know, decided to go. I was just like, I can do it. And they're like, they kind of looked at me like, what? And I'm like, I'd Double be interested. Yeah. I'm like, stuff. I'd be interested in doing it. And, and that, que- that's the question that came up. They're like, Oh, you think you can coach the guys? I'm like, well, why can the guy coach the girl? Like, yeah, I can coach. I'm qualified. Like, look at my resume. I'm qualified to coach. And if he can coach the girls with no experience playing with the girls and I, I do have experience playing with the guys, so I don't understand. I'm, and what are you going to say to it? You know, there's. I love the confidence, and I, I, I love your resume. I mean, this is awesome. I mean, no, that's what I, I, that's why I wanted to, to ask the question. Great, because I wanted people to hear that it wasn't something that, <clears throat> and this is going to sound awful because of the way things have played out in, in other areas. It wasn't gimmicky. No, it was. <laughs> you were the right person for that job mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons and I think that's so impactful. Yeah. That's why I wanted to, yeah. I, I just wanted to, to bring that up because I think that story of you being in there and saying <laughs> raising your hand, I got this. Mm-hmm. And here's why. I've got the pedigree to back up my confidence. And I think that's just it's just it's brilliant. Yeah. So Thanks. Well, Kudos. other than in, in you know um doing the college side of it and then fire and ice let's talk yeah. about that a little bit yeah I, I, i'm proud because locally here it's the only all-girl academy currently existing mm-hmm. correct all-girl club yeah it's done though now it's, it's done yeah because the the academy was actually something that it was a fun i never paid myself off of this ever i've never made money really coaching until wow. <laughs> all my money goes back into my teams sounds like soccer so, industry yeah it does so like the academy kind of was a fundraiser for the wpsl team so because yeah. for so many years i was like oh my gosh i'm losing so much money on this so it was kind of a way to do this and then once i mean once the WPSL team went and then I decided I was going to do coaching, just I wanted to just put all of my time into one team and focus on that team. Um, but it was. It was the only girl academy. And it's honestly the only amateur women's team that has ever won a national championship here ever. Wow. Ever. Wow. And any, you know. Yeah. Wow. Don't, I mean, that's not me. I just Say something, there Vader. Like, <laughs> so, I so. just stood there. It was my players. That team was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Go, going down this train a little bit further. Women's World Cup coming mm-hmm. up. Yeah, we've had a couple of friendlies. Uh, Alex Morgan scored a goal and then got yeah. removed, and then scored another one right after that. Yeah, we got Ireland coming up. We got Ireland. Oh yeah, uh, tomorrow night I think. No, no we got Ireland, Ireland coming come here. April no, they they're coming here. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, April eleventh, right? Yes, it's April eleventh. Yeah. This is going to be a hard question. Are you going okay. to that game? 
I'm going to go to all the games. <laughs> I have season tickets. Yeah, I'm, I will I'm, be there. Yeah. I don't think our season tickets work for USFFA. But I think we get, we'll probably get some. I should, we should get like a, what do you call it? The pre-sale. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we do. I know people. I'll call, I'll make a call. There you go. I, I got so you. Mad. I got you. Yeah. Coach Lindsay's calling people. So <laughs> my question is. Don't forget is, who had you on this show, by the way. Mm. You, call- <laughs> you know, I was on a podcast earlier and he said the same thing. Do you think. <laughs> I All I. Joe Rogan said that? <laughs> Do you think there's a chance that there's another team out there that could actually take on the U.S. this year? Ooh. Well, I mean, England is gonna is is up there. They all China's better good. fight. Well, yeah. yeah, but I think England's up there, and I think they got one of the like one of the best strikers in the entire you know world that's that's in there. So I mean, they could be up there. I mean, France is also right in there with them. Um, it it just all depends, you know. Soccer is the the way that it is because of the, because of the way that it is. One day you could be like the best team in the entire world, and the next day if you if you come out and you don't play your game and the wheels fall apart, you can get beat. That's the beautiful thing about it is you just never know. You can't say, oh yeah, we know for sure they're going to win it all. I mean, because people said that about Brazil in the men's World Cup this year, didn't they? Oh, yeah. And then they got eliminated. I'm like, yep, there they go. You know, yeah. you just you just never know. And Do who would have picked Argentina? Do you think it could be a good thing? Like it was just the U.S. being humbled a little bit? Uh-huh. Well, Absolutely I, I, not. What, it's here. here. I, he I know. Knows. I'm, I'm let's saying. win. Hey, I think we should try to win. I'm just saying. Yes, I think, I think we should try to win. Globally, what it tells you, it's a good thing. Globally, it tells you that other countries are starting to take their women's soccer programs, Correct. you know, seriously, and they're investing in them. Yep. So, if all the teams around, you know, across the world, they became good enough to where they can beat the U.S., that's a that's some that's success as far as I'm concerned because women's and soccer in, is what yeah. the, the and in countries um, that that potentially when you graduated high school in '98 didn't they have didn't a have women's team. program. Yeah, I mean, which yeah. were a lot. Well of said, them. that's yeah. most. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my thing is women's soccer, and I obviously I root for the U.S. But across the border, if all those teams, you know, are successful, then women's soccer in a whole is successful. So along those lines, because obviously you 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 played in a certain generation, you cross paths with plenty of players. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've asked a number of other players in their day who was the one that you played against or with or on the field that just kind of blew your mind. Uh, Who's your, who's your one? Either teammate or opponent that you know is is unforgettable or has been unforgettable up to this point. Oh my gosh, teammate! That's I have never answered that question before. I I can't even tell you. So that other podcast didn't ask you that question. <laughs> Let's see. We're prepared. This guy was from the east east side, um, not the east side, but the you know, in the east coast. So it was oh. someone not from uh, here. Yeah, no, no, not a local no, guy. No, no, no. Eastern Seaboard. Um, we had this conversation. Oh before. my gosh! Soccer you know, capital like, guys. So it wasn't Honestly, Joe Rogan. No. So, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't even during anything crazy. To be honest with, you. like, I played indoor with Lori Klepney, and I was like, that's the one person who I've always been blown away by. She is just phenomenal she's just a phenomenal athlete i love her mentality i love i just love watching her oh man i just love watching her play so well well well, maybe uh male or female is you know chill up me on the female side yeah on the male side who's who who is the one that you're like damn he's good oh gosh do i have to be steamers or can it be on another team? no anybody anybody. yeah well i mean 
if if I'm going indoor, I mean, you got to say Daryl Duran because he's just a beast. I mean, he was my he was a player coach at the time that I was there, right. and he was I think he was in his 40s, and he was still just killing it out yeah. there, and so strong, and so good on the ball, and so so good. I mean, so I mean, that's kind of the person that I watched growing up, and so then I would have to say if it's indoor, then it has to be him, right? I don't know who else it would be. We've had other people say that it was him as well. He's just on a beast. Oh yeah. And okay. we learned from was it Mickler that told us that he had terrible feet problems knees he's got terrible uh, knees arthritis yeah at an early age well he also oh, had yeah. feet problems and, and then the grass game hurt him in the yeah he said it was better career. indoor it was better oh. with the flats and no spikes on yeah. level field which is crazy wow that's which is weird because i didn't start having my injuries until i started playing on turf which the is most turf people is, it's usually the other me. way around i, I agree yeah. with you the turf yeah. was bad for my knees especially women because you know all the issues no, I don't know the issues. I'd like to know. I'd like to know the biological issues of the women on the turf oh, field. This, are you serious? This is no. the, this is the science portion of our show. Wow, you would learn something today. Then, well, you would learn something. I also you have, have daughters. I do. I do not have daughters. They don't that I know about. No, I have two cats. Remember, we talked about this oh, earlier. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? That that freak out All over right, cucumbers. Meow. So right, clearly, meow. you're going into your second year. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably extremely excited. You, you got a great team. Um, you had this wonderful career. What um, are you content? Um, do, do, do your aspirations? Um, do you want to take? Um, I like that. Do you want to take? <laughs> you know the where we're North going. Carolina job. Do you want? What 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 are your goals as far as coaching? Um, and, and you know. I, I, Put myself in your shoes. It, it's gonna, you know, you're content. You're at Swick. Tell us what your goals are. And nobody is listening from Swick. There's nobody. Right? From, what are no, your I mean, goals? there's only like four people on right now. So Whatever. <laughs> well, well, the ultimate goal, and honestly, anybody would understand it. And I don't know if I, this would ever even happen, or I'd have a chance of it. The ultimate goal would be part of the coaching staff if an NWSL team comes here. That oh. would be. You know, and I'm hoping, and I would think it's going to happen, having an all, you know, like a, a majority female ownership group that eventually they start to look about the opportunities for women and connect a women's team to, you Come know, the on, MLS Caroline. team. I, yeah, Carolyn, you know what? Yeah. You got you got that stadium. It's built. Yeah. You have 17 dates and other events. Yeah. You a lot can of, put 17 more dates in there. Yeah. A lot of the NWSL teams, they are connected to an MLS program. So... I, I would love for this to happen. That's and exciting. I, I would I wouldn't even care if I was a head coach. I'd be like, I'll pick I'll be the fourth assistant and pick up cones. Just let me be a part of so it. So let me let me ask a weird, stupid question potentially. But in Europe, Man City has a women's team. Yep. And they yep, have a women's league for EPL, right? Yep. And Barcelona does. Mm-hmm. Chelsea. Chelsea. All yep. of them. Yeah. All of them. Yep. But here the women's leagues are completely separate right. from the MLS. Other than the ownership groups in most of them. Yeah. So, like, for instance, like the Kansas City Sporting KC, and then what's the... What's the current. Current. The current, current, yeah. Same ownership group, correct? I don't think so. Um, I think they're different. Are they? Yeah. No, think, no sure because that's... Uh, Brittany uh, Mahomes. Brittany Mahomes. Yeah, it's part that of that team. ownership group. Yeah, I yeah. don't think there's a lot of connective tissue. I mean, there might be from a logistics standpoint. Yeah, like the, uh, uh, there's like a team in the same city as an MLS team. Yeah, Chicago has overlap. Yeah. So okay. that, that those ownership groups are... Th- there's overlap. Because I don't know if I like the... I, 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 personally, I like the idea of having a city men's and a city women's Women. program mm-hmm. like i don't know why we would have 
separate city men and then well the lo- fire and ice yeah. and, and, I, and i agree let me and let me take this just purely from a st louis homer standpoint right you know because we always love making fun of kansas city and all these other cities anytime i can look at our look look at our our girls programs mm-hmm. in this area oh my god hammers yeah. right hammers i mean realistically you build a team a professional team here yep you don't have to look that far you could no, have ten girls from Saint the Dominic. under, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely from Saint Dominic. But like you could have, <laughs> just had to throw that out. Uh, there four uh, pre-national. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, 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 well, um, you got Slu here. I mean, yeah, one of, you know, you got there's there's plenty of opportunities. The U16s for Gallagher, they just won nationals this past yep. year. You know, like there's, there's how many girls right. are at Mizzou from yeah, St. Louis I mean, right now? I I have no idea. I haven't looked. I mean, but, but you know, like, is it are. more than Kansas City? Just, just say yes. That's the yeah. answer the way, every time. Yes. Hold on. This is going to be a, a, a derail for just a second. USA Today put out, I think it's USA Today, the most professional athletes from any city. And I, I sent it that. to you. Yeah. 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 It didn't include MLS or soccer. St. Louis was number one for Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA. No, they were number one. Mm-hmm. Number one. And NHL. And NHL. No, I'm talking about the top four sports, per se. Yeah, yeah, top, top four yeah. sports. Yeah. But we were, St. Louis was number one yep. for all the cities in the U.S. I And they didn't have soccer on that <laughs> on that list. Which is crazy. If you add soccer into that. It's not even close. Yeah. Oh, my God. It, it would, it, unbelievable. I, I just, I think the momentum, and the reason I'm so excited that you're here, is the momentum around not only city, but how the ownership group has played this out. Mm-hmm. Focusing on the community, focusing on the future. Female-led. Female-led is is part of it, but it's just more about just recognizing how they got here. Yeah. And it's people like you. I mean, in how many days you're going to be inducted into the St. Louis Hall of Fame? We're talking about this. I mean, we had Jim Leaker. Yeah, that's not it. March 31st. March 31st. April 1st would be like, yeah, April Fool's Day. (laughs) No, Do you need oh, three no. speech we, writers? We leave on the third. F- yeah, so so we're March out of town. Yeah, not, yeah. Sorry. No, but mm-hmm. but we had Jim Leaker, who was the president of I the, love him. the St. Louis Soccer Sweetheart. Hall of Fame. We're so and lucky to have him. When we mentioned that you were coming on in a couple of weeks, he lit up because I think he also recognizes the major impact that women in St. Louis have played on soccer in this area, just as much as men. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad it's finally starting to to show and I hope that uh, Caroline <laughs> Kindle Betts is listening um, because I think there's an opportunity here and I hope so I'm going to I'm going to say coach Lindsay should be definitely thought of if, if this happens you know well I, th- I think you, you, you're going to be modest but you know that if anything were to happen your name would be in the mix <sighs> I, you know what I don't know that because there I'm going to say this the only reason I feel like the only reason my name will get thrown in is because I'm from the area, but you know I don't feel like I'm a shoe in by any well, means. Lori at Maryville. Yeah, I mean, Lori, I mean yeah. Lori's at Maryville. But are there other if women? If Lori makes it in, I'll call her. Yeah, but are there other 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 hey, women? Girlfriend. Hey, Lori. Are there other women coaches out there um, that you kind of either not not idolize, but you look up to, or that that you look as a reference point? Are there other women out there? Maybe not coaches, but professionally 
that you look to as well? Or do you kind of create your own North Star? (laughs) No, I don't. I'm not that. I'm not like that. But I, you know, right now I've this past year, just because it's just past year, like I am like so um, excited for Julianne Stitch, who's the one who coached up at, you know, University of Chicago. She's the one that coached the men's team that won the nationals this past year. Like I'm like, and I met her at the coaching convention in Philly. She's friends with Lori and Lori and I were hanging out and I was like, oh my gosh, is that Julianne Stitch? Like we seriously like I want to go meet her and I even tweeted I was like I if anything happens this weekend I want to take a picture with you and she was so nice so um, I would say Sitch is like the one that I'm kind of like you know another question I got too uh, does and I want to it's a name drop more so um, grew up with his kids Um, he's very important to the women's soccer uh, generation here in St. Louis Eric Delabar who I know is close with Lori. Yep. Uh, he's a St. Charles County guy. Mm-hmm. Um, what a great guy he is. Yeah. I mean, the scariest looking dude ever. <laughs> but, but a big teddy bear. But a big teddy bear <laughs> yeah. and, and just a phenomenal coach. Uh, speak speak to about Eric and that, that program that him and, and Lori have built at, uh, you know, Maryville. Well, what a unique program for one. You know, like you have one head coach and the assistant and they kind of swap roles you know like you don't see that very often work but the two of them work together so well I actually was just texting with Eric yesterday because one of my former players um, went out to his camp you know his ID camp or whatever I'm like give me some feedback and he he just was so over the top descriptive um and giving his feedback he's just man he's just uh, such a good you know good guy and the, the combination of the two of them is really special and I think sometimes because of the other schools that are around you know Lindenwood and McKendry and Umzel I think Maryville kind of gets overlooked and I'm sitting uh, there and I tell people gem. all the time I'm like you do understand you have an Olympic gold medalist a World Cup champion like and uh, a St. Louis I, Soccer I, Hall of Fame guy yes, along with you and, and her and St. Louis Soccer Hall of Fame I'm like do you understand that's who you have coaching there and kids it's just looking like oh it's Maryville University like oh man you are you if you really wanted to hit it big and you were a good player I would go play for Lori because uh, she's got some connections people like yeah you don't need to go yeah. D one like go play for someone who knows yeah. people it's yeah. about who you know yep. yeah yep. so you you you're you're on a trajectory I mean let's call it what it is you you've had a tremendous career you you've you've you broke the mold. Uh, you know the all those other cliches, glass ceiling, etc. You're moving through your swift years. You, you know, love to be part of the professional life. Off the field, what, what's what's the motivation? What, what what are you what are you doing when there's not a ball and not a net and not parents and all of that? You know, what's what's the free time look like right now? It's with my family. We're building a cabin down on our farm. Um, it's a hunting farm. My husband's a hunter, so you know that life. Um, Do you hunt? I I try to hunt, but it's kind of hard because I'm in the fall, and you oh, know, yeah. like you know, we have a kid that has to be at school in the morning. Um, so it's like if he goes in the morning, then I obviously have to take the kid to school, and then if he's in at night, then I have him coaching, so I can't get down there to coach him or get down there to, to hunt. So I do very, very, very rarely, but I'm hoping to open it up a little more. But I just bow hunt. I won't. I don't gun hunt. It's too easy. <laughs> I just bow. Hunt. I just bow. Hunt. It's too I like easy. the competitiveness. I like the, yep. Yeah, like I'm like yep. anybody can shoot a deer with a you know. Well said. Yeah. Well said. So. So, so then, uh, final question here, because you've got an evening in life, and we have kids that we have to pick up here in a little bit. <laughs> um, first game for cities in a week and a half. 
what do you what are you envisioning? What are you thinking? What's what's the what do you think your emotional reaction is going to be to? Because all of us talk about this all the time. Yeah. Like that's our new mecca. Yeah. No matter where we came from, Alton, Granite, wherever Jared's from, and Zach, Zach's out in Washington, right? I grew up in Washington. Yeah, I thank don't know. you. I live there. <laughs> the city park is special. What talk about? What's it, what is it going to mean to you walking in there for that game on that day? Do you have any preconceived notions and how excited are you? Well, I and did you cry first going into it? Because like Jared I have, did. I did not the first time I went, but I think that day when it's filled up, I, I know I will cry. And people don't usually see me cry. I'm really good at being able to hide my emotions clearly because I've had to. Um, but I think that day, you know, when that whistle blows, I probably will be crying because it's such a special moment. And I uh, know that some people who aren't huge fans of the game aren't going to realize it, but it is. It is such a, a, a magical, special moment. Um, for us St. Louis soccer yeah. folk, I mean, it yeah. is, it's our mecca. Yeah. Well, and it's cool, too, it is. Is, and I don't think I brought this up before, but I, I have a lot of friends who've been transplanted to St. Louis from Chicago, Kansas City, Detroit, L.A. They've never had a team to root for because where they came from already had a hockey team that they loved yeah. or a baseball team yeah. or a football team or whatever the case might be. But now that we have an MLS team, right? it's something they can grab onto and, yeah. and really root for and not feel like they're betraying well, and, and, and their today, roots. I heard this today on the radio and somebody pointed out, and I never thought of it this way, the unique thing about our team in today's professional sports world, it's exclusively ours. Yeah. It's new. Yeah. This yeah. is not this is not a relocation. True. Yeah. This is not a transfer like yeah. everything about it. This ain't the Montreal Expos. It's starting to who? But you know what I'm saying? Like this is this Chicago is one of those Cardinal. things that like the 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 soccer environment that all of us have been a part of our whole lives and our kids are now and and your players are on the field doing it now, like that that place is almost like the seed that mm -hmm. sprouted, you know, over literally. A, I feel a so bad for all the people that aren't here. Like that's who that's who I cried for. Like my youth coaches, the people that really laid the ground. Yeah, the champions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think it's about crazy. those people. I know it's sad. Well, I'm excited though. And one thing I when you asked me what my expectations are, so my expectations of city are going to be like referees, right? So I always tell the referees, I said, I have a low expectation of you guys today. And they're like, what does that mean? I'm like, well, if I set my uh, expectations high, I'm going to be disappointed all the time in you. But if I start low and you have a good game, I'm going to be happy with you. So I'm just going to so do that. You, you're in the game of making <laughs> yeah. friends early, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> I love that approach. Well, it's the first year. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going to set my expectations low with City. It's, and it's fine, you know. But if they do good, then I'm going to be like, see, you guys thought we were the, you know, we're the underdogs and you guys took us lightly and look what happened. I, I, I think soccer is one of those games, too, because it is so subjective. Terry talked about this on uh, Coach Mickler. Yep. You know, we, we, how do you evaluate a team? How do, yeah. you, how do you say who's great, who's not, et cetera? Yeah. And at the end of the day, there's 22 pros that are on that roster or whatever yeah. the final number is, right? Yeah. They're going to get out there. I mean, they're, they're physically capable. They're mentally capable. You know, you play the game. That's why you do it. Yeah. So I'm, yep. you know, whatever Vegas thinks. Actually, Vegas doesn't think we, we cross that path. Um, I'm excited because yep. no matter what, I, it's, it's not going to be a crash and burn. We all know that. Yeah. No. Um, it's going to be exciting to see how 
whatever happens in the first year, it's just going to be that centrifuge that spins off to the academy world, to the collegiate level. Yeah. Everything within our backyard is just yeah. going to feed off of this. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be great. I'm excited. Well, as you can tell, people getting a little louder in the background, and we've got a little Billy Squire, a little uh, Casey, Nut, Casey Classic here, <laughs> wind us up. Uh, Lindsay, thank you so much for your time. Um, Why don't we play the Weather Girls? Huh? Why don't we oh, play geez. the Weather Girls? I just don't understand. It's, 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 the movie's out. It's her, my wife and maybe Lindsay. They like it. Why do we not play the Weather Girls? Because Billy Squire is kind of cool. And I was in the mood for Billy Squire. You know that? All right. Both I would have been Lynn. fine with Pink Floyd. It's fine. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> We're upset. Good, well, I'm upset. Good luck uh, with the final signings and going into the fall. Keep us posted. We'll definitely be in touch. Yeah. Um, a lot of things going on. We'll, we'll, we'll have you back and soon. Congratulations to Hall of Fame. Thank you. Congrats. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. They ran out of options. Let's be real. No, no, no. no. Jim, he, I, shit. That's what I said yeah. to Jim. I go, there's nobody else is there. No, no, no. No, Jim, Jim, is, Jim is at Amsterdam almost every Wednesday and Friday. Yep. That's his boardroom. Yep. And I've crossed his path a few times, and this is since our show. He's he's mentioned that at least twice. Like, when's, when's that Lindsay episode coming? I'm like, it's coming. You know, so... He thinks extremely highly of you. I think that of him, too. Like, I I honestly don't feel like I would be in it if it wasn't for him. He's just... We're so lucky to have him as our president of the the St. Louis Soccer Hall of Fame. We absolutely are. He's an amazing advocate. Well, thank you again. Uh, Give the Swick men's team a follow. Keep up on the season. Uh, Give Lindsay a follow on Twitter because she totally punks everybody that comes at her. (laughs) Love it. Um, It's brilliant. I think I'm I'm going to poke her a little bit. I'm just... I'm nice. No, no, no. Remember the one where you were like, uh, excuse me, if you're going to reach out blindly, you <laughs> might want to check out if I'm a sure she I'm a, or a don't he. Don't call me yeah. a sir. Mister. That was bad. <laughs> Hello, sir. I'm like, oh my gosh, my picture is above my email. You had to get it. <laughs> I mean, you'd see well, me. Well, that's probably some soccer mom that's just like blasting out. Like, yeah. You're all idiots. <laughs> um, thank you, Lindsay. You're yeah, welcome. Thank, thank you. you. It was fun. Good luck. We'll keep it going. Give us a follow. Thanks to Will Spent. Um, thank you well spent we're down here on olive again be prepared um games next weekend i'm telling you this is an easy easy solution to your pre and post game uh right i mean you even walked in you're like whoa i didn't even know this was here yeah it's nice it's nice beer garden if it's nice weather you're you're going to be hooked up yeah so thank you everybody for uh, making it this far and uh we'll catch you next time